Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. Hello, hello. Welcome. This is 500,000 download Ask Dr. Julie Hanks podcast party. Party, party. Thanks for being here. I'm going to be doing a live Q&A and that will be turned into a podcast episode. And I would love it if you would hit the little arrow on the side. So look at the bottom, the arrow. You can share this live with friends. So hit that and share it with with your friends. That would be awesome. So half a million downloads. I want to say thank you to all of you because it's you who have made Ask Dr. Julie Hanks podcast a success. So thank you so much. All right. Next to the little arrow is a question, a little question icon. So that is where you can submit live questions for the Q&A portion. Okay. But I got a lot of really great questions last, last night and yesterday. So I'm going to start with those until we get some questions going live here today. So for those of you who just joined, it's 500,000 downloads. Ask Dr. Julie Hanks podcast party. We're doing a live Q&A podcast episode. Um, So here we go. All right. What's the best way to introduce a faith transition to very Orthodox Mormon parents? So I always suggest asking them first if they're open to having a difficult conversation. So mom and dad, I have some things I want to share with you. It's pretty serious and it might be upsetting. When would be a good time? Or are you available? Or when are you available? Or do you want to even have this conversation? So ask them for permission to have a difficult conversation before you have it. Don't just spring it on them. So that is, that's like step one. Step two is when you have the conversation, do not defend yourself. Share your feelings. This is how I'm feeling. Do not share all the reasons why and in a like defensive way. Okay. Because they're not going to be able to hear it if they're very orthodox. So um, those are my suggestions. How do I know if my children are receiving enough attention from me? I have young children. I would suggest asking them if they're verbal, if they're three or older, Ask them, do you want more time with mommy? Do you feel like, you know, we spend enough time together? You can ask them. Uh, they're, they're smart. Also, what is their behavior showing? Is their behavior showing that they're not being given enough attention? Um, are they acting out? Are they, you know, showing that they're angry with you? So ask them and then look at their behavior, Okay. All right, here we have some questions live. Okay, how do you discuss LGBTQ issues? Let's see, I can, okay, here's the question. 
And I'm going to just use first names since this will be a podcast episode. So Michaela says, how do you discuss LGBTQ issues with conservative parents? I'd like to come out, but in a safe manner and as smoothly as possible. Okay, so sounds like you're LGBTQ. So it's not just LGBTQ issues. It's your identity. So how do you share that? The first step is to, just like the previous or two questions ago, ask them for permission to have a difficult conversation. Have resources ready. The Family Acceptance Project, uh, Google that. It's a great resource for religious families. Or get the pamphlets, have those ready. And just be short and sweet and then let them have their feelings about it. They're going to probably grieve. They may be upset. They may be, they may say, oh, you've ruined our eternal family. They, who knows, but let them have their process. Okay. Um, best of luck to you and get some therapy and, and or coaching to help you navigate through this because that's a pretty stressful thing to come out to conservative parents. All right. Thanks for that awesome question. Jess asks how to give love to my husband without, without holding any expectation for him to do or say something loving in return. Okay. Implicit in that question is he's not showing you enough love or he's not showing you love in the way you want. Is that accurate? So you should expect him to be loving to you, but not in a, I did this, you do this kind of uh, quid pro quo. So he should be loving to you because he loves you, not because you've done something kind for him. So have you asked him to show you more love and let him know the ways that, that you feel loved and ask him for that? Good questions here. All right. Jamie says, I'm LDS and love the church and never plan to leave it. But since COVID and the things that have happened in the world in the last three years, I'm just checked out. I'm happy, but I have the guilt that I'm not active and getting my kids to church. Okay. Why, why aren't you going? Like explore that. Ask yourself those questions. Why, why am I not going? Is it just because I'm, I don't need it. I am being lazy. I don't care. Only you can answer those questions and know what the answer is for you, okay? Let's see. Okay, there's that question. So what do you want and what do you value? You know, if you value the church, then participate in it. If you don't value it, then don't. Sophia asked, I missed the beginning. Is this a general Q&A or specific topic? So, Sophia, this is a general Q&A, and you can ask anything you want, and it's celebrating half a million downloads of Ask Dr. Julie Hanks podcast. So, we are recording a podcast right now with this Q&A, and I'm doing giveaways, and I'm going to do a musical performance at the end. So, um, so yes, yeah, send, in, send in your questions. Let me go to some other pre-submitted questions here. How to respond when young women leader tells me my 11-year-old needs to wear a bra? So you can say, 
that's not your place. I'm her mom. And please don't mention that again and don't talk to her about it. Or you can just say, oh, thank you. And just do whatever you want to do. So as the parent, it's your job to help your daughter through the transition to adulthood. It's not your young women leaders. All right. Um, tips for teaching the law of chastity lesson coming up in young women's. Okay. I've had a lot of DMs about this. What if instead of teaching why you shouldn't have sex outside of marriage, how about teaching why you should have sex in marriage or why it's good or why it's fun or why it's positive, why you have sex in the first place? So we tend to frame it as don't do this, don't do this, that's bad, that's bad. What about here's why it's good in marriage? Let's do that. And let's teach relationship skills, not just don't do this, don't do that. So what are some communication skills? What are some skills to uh, to know how to know when you're ready, right? How do you even know? Like, there are, you know, 18-year-olds getting married. Maybe they're not even ready. So how do you know when you're ready? So relationship skills and talk about the benefits of sex in marriage instead of why you shouldn't have sex outside of marriage. Okay. Husband wants more kids but doesn't help with kids much. How do I tell him no more kids unless he helps more? I think you answered your question. You say, Look, dear, I know you want more children. If you want more children, you're going to need to participate more actively in raising them. And this is what that would look like. And then he can decide whether he wants to participate and have more children or not. So just tell him. Tell him how you feel. Uh, tell him that, you know, if you're the primary caregiver, that you're not open to more children unless he's participating more. So just be open about it. Have that conversation. All right. More questions coming in. This is great, you guys. Thank you. How do I find myself again after being in the trenches of parenthood for five years? Okay, think about what you used to enjoy. What did you love to do before you became a parent or when you were a teenager or when you were a young child? So what did you love to do? And then pick one thing, one thing, and then bring that back into your life. That will help you feel more like yourself. Okay. Also build in time to spend with yourself. So whether that's negotiating with your partner, if you have one to have one night a week where you, it's just your time to do whatever you want. Spend time with yourself. Get reacquainted with yourself. What do you value? What, what are your goals? What's important to you in addition to your family? Okay. Um, desperate to find the right way to talk about the LGBTQ topic with my small kids. Showing love and compassion, but answering hard questions for them in regard to our faith. Our approach now is love all, kindness over all. I think that's a beautiful approach. And I think you can just talk to them simply. Yeah, sometimes boys like boys. Sometimes girls like girls. And sometimes people are somewhere between a boy and a girl. 
and and they can like boys or girls. It's it's not as simple as, you know, only boys can like girls and vice versa. So just make it simple and kind of expand that understanding. If they ask about the the church, you can say the church teaches this. And then you can say whether or not you agree with that teaching. Okay, Jess says, why why do TBMs, so true believing Mormons, not want to talk about Joseph Smith history facts when it's on the church website? How can I have a meaningful conversation about who Joseph Smith really was and the things he did? So I'm curious who you want to have that conversation with. Is this family members? Is this a friend, someone that you really care about? A lot of true believing members actually don't care about details of Joseph Smith's life or they're scared or they, you know, it's not relevant. Some people really, it's really important for them to know and understand the Joseph Smith story and kind of the the facts and what the church now agrees actually happened. So I would, you know, look at who are you trying to talk with? Who are you having this conversation with? And ask them to read the church essays on LDS or on churchofjesuschrist.org and make that request. They can say no. So it's either lack of interest, fear that they'll find out something that will that will shake their faith. Um, but they get to not, not know if that's what they choose. And so um, you can just make the request and hope that they will follow through. All right. Kimmy says, how do you recommend responding to a friend who said, I'm sad you're leaving the church, mainly because I think it needs more people like you in it? Um, you can say, thank you. I, I'm still choosing to leave, but I appreciate that, that you think my perspective is valuable. Some really good ones. Okay. What do you do? This is Jana asking, what do you do when people ask you personal questions in a group setting about a marital separation? Uh, it depends on how open you want to be about it. If it's common knowledge, you can just say, yeah, we're separated. If it's not common knowledge, then, uh, you could say, you know, that's not something I'm comfortable talking about right now. Or you could say, you know, ask me that question later. It's okay to set boundaries about what you will and you will not talk about. Okay. All right. My 13-year-old son and I have been butting heads a lot. What is the best way to connect with my teenage son while also encouraging him to work hard, do chores, and be kind to his younger brother without constantly nagging him. Okay. I think the kids who are the hardest for us have the most to teach us. So I want to ask you, Ashley, what does he have to teach you? Is it patience? Is there something that like in your life or your childhood that wasn't healed that he's kind of um, poking at? Um, on a practical level, the best way to connect with a teenage son, boys connect by doing things. So go out and shoot hoops, go out and play pickleball. Uh, boys generally do not sit and have conversations with, with constant eye contact. 
They just generally don't. Um, so do an activity with your son. Um, set your expectations for chores, for kindness and hard work, and let him know what the consequence is for not following through. You don't have to nag if you actually follow through with consequences. You don't have to say a word. You just, well, you have to say, hand me your phone or Xbox is mine. Haven't done your weeding yet. You don't have to nag. You just have to do what you say you're going to do. So those are some thoughts. I hope, hope that helps. Um, we have a suggestion. If you're in Utah, go axe throwing or to a smash room. Super great bonding activity. Yes. Yes. I haven't done either, but I have friends who have. So awesome suggestion. Okay, Sophia, this is a good one. How do I internalize the belief that I can become a good mom and have a thriving, successful career? I don't have kids yet, but this is something that I feel like holds me back from having children. I believe this is possible for others, and I believe it logically, but it's hard to believe for myself. Okay, I have done some writing and research about aspirational shame. So that is shame, feeling shame for wanting aspirations outside of home and family. So I struggled with that. Part of what I found in my research is the importance of connecting with other women who have the same goals. So if, if you are wanting to merge a career and family life, then seek out women who are doing that. And uh, they can mentor you, seek out a support community. If you're LDS, Aspiring Mormon Women Facebook group is a great source of support. So look around and connect with women who are doing what you want to do. I am one of them. Connect with me. I've had two careers. I've had a singing career and a therapy career, and I've had four children. I'm not superwoman. I have a totally engaged husband and we've had a lot of outside support to make that work. So, uh, you know, there are strategies, practical ways you can learn and you have to, you have to be kind to yourself. You know, there are a lot of things that don't get done because, you know, I, I'm choosing to spend time, uh, working on a career versus learning how to cook. I, I, my husband does a lot of the cooking, all the grocery shopping. I don't care about cooking. <laughs> so I like food, but I don't like cooking. So, you know, you have to let some things go. You can't have the same expectations of yourself uh, as if you were a full-time parent at home. Okay. I've recently left the church and I feel like I don't have a life path anymore. It's scary. How do I find balance and peace for the future? Okay. When I have worked with people who've left the church, and I assume you're speaking about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it is scary. But I want you to focus on values. Even when people leave, a lot of times their values are the same. And by values, I do not mean behaviors, okay? Behaviors would be tithing. You may not be paying tithing if you've left the church. 
the value behind that is generosity or service or something like that. So you still may have the value of generosity. You may express it differently. You may donate to the local food bank or you may volunteer your time or whatever way you want to express that value. So I want to encourage you to Google search values list and really solidify your top five values and ask yourself, are these the same as they were before? But my guess, my guess is that most of them are. So your values can guide you instead of prescribed behavior. And you can do that whether you're inside or outside of the church. But that's a really great exercise. I'll look at some comments here. Great question. I just accepted a teaching job today, but I have two kids, so I'm feeling guilty. Okay, another strategy I've used is if I were a man, how would I feel? So I've done that, and I realized there was a time in my life where I felt overwhelmed. My business was growing, my music career was growing, and my family was growing. I had had my third child, and I felt like a total failure. And I asked myself, how would a man feel? And what would he think? And I thought, you know what? He'd feel awesome because everything he was doing was growing. And he would ask for assistance. He'd say, he'd ask his boss or whoever, you know, I need an assistant. There's too much for me to do here. So I got assistance. I hired an office manager for my practice. I hired a home assistant for my home. And I let go of guilt because I'm like, what? why just because I'm a woman, why am I beating myself up? Why not get support? That just, that makes more sense. So that's something you could try is try to imagine if I were a man, how would I feel in this situation? Uh, you are worthy of goals that you desire for yourself. This is so helpful. Oh, good. Wonderful. Such good advice. I'm so grateful for you. You've helped me be more compassionate towards myself. Wonderful. Um, has anyone noticed how cute Julie's nails are? Love all the colors. Woo. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you can't have the same expectations as if you are a stay at home parent. Yes. Great comments as an aspiring woman in leadership. How should, or do I proceed? Where can I find a mentor? Where do I start? Okay. Start with the aspiring Mormon women Facebook group or join other women in leadership Facebook groups, or take leadership classes at the local university and network with people. Google search women in leadership and see what resources are available. That's where you can find a mentor. There are lots of, lots of women who really want to help other women. I talk to women all of the time who want to become therapists or want to start a business or want to be musicians or want to work and have work-life harmony. And I love helping women, other women. So it's, it's not hard to find a mentor. You just have to be in places where those women are and connect with them. Uh, maybe our, my husband and I will pick our top five values on our next date night. Wonderful. Um, if I were a man, how would I feel? Whoa, mind blown. Love that perspective. <laughs> mind bomb. Oh, I'm glad you liked that. It was really helpful. It it changed it changed my life literally. I realized I was carrying around the socialization of guilt 
for being a woman and having that guilt and shame for having aspirations and that I could let go of it. So that was really helpful. Thanks for all the good, good comments here. Leslie says, I feel like I'm not Mormon enough for my Mormon friends and I'm not, not, not Mormon enough for my non-member friends. I don't know how to navigate this. Don't know if there's a question there or multiple. Love you. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. Find your people. There are people like you who are somewhere in the middle. Just trust me. Start speaking up. Start asking around. Um, start giving signals that you are maybe more progressive or, you know, um, for example, I, I have a pride flag out. It kind of says, like, I'm a safe place for LGBTQ people. And so a neighbor texts me and said, thank you for having a pride flag out. You know, you're one of the only few friends that does. And, and so, you know, just give clues that, like, you are a safe place for whoever, you know, more progressive members or people who are not traditional uh, or orthodox members. All right. I know garments are important, but I have such a grudge towards them and how they make me feel. I find myself wearing them so I'm not judged by family. How can I overcome this? I want to wear them for me, but I don't want to. So you're kind of, you're kind of torn, right? Okay. Um, you will be judged by your family if you don't wear them. I mean, they will notice, right? So you have to decide, you know, what, what you want to do there. Garments are, the LDS garments are representing covenants. So I would really think about asking yourself, what do those covenants mean to me? And is this a practice that I'm going to do or not do or sometimes wear them? You get to decide, but think about what they mean. And it's really, um, it's really like a commenter says, it's between you and God. And so pray about it. Ask. Uh, I know a lot of people who struggle with wearing garments. Some of them have chronic health problems. Uh, hormonal problems where they can't regulate body temperature, yeast infections, body dysmorphic disorder. There are lots of reasons, pregnancy, uh, discomfort, having a body shape that is not garment friendly. There, it's just, or having garments that aren't body friendly is a better way to say that. So it's really personal. Pray about it. Find the meaning for you. And then you make your decision. And if you decide not to wear them and your family judges you, you can just say, you know, I'd appreciate if you don't mention it. You can judge me in your heart if you want. <laughs> All right. Okay. I don't believe in the word of wisdom part that deals with coffee and tea. Does my bishop need to know? So I am not going to answer that because that is a personal question for you to answer. So too often we are taught to look to other people for the answers to our questions when I think we should be looking to ourselves and to heavenly parents for that answer. Okay, so I'm not going to answer that because I want you to go to you and God. 
Okay. Love my motherhood shirt. I get comments on it all the time. Thank you for reminding us that it is between me and God. How can anyone believe in this dangerous cult? Well, um, you know, not all cults are dangerous and it's all subjective. So there you go. Regarding the term cult, there's a book called Cultish that I highly recommend. And she talks about how the word cult only became associated with these really crazy negative uh, uh, connotations in the 70s. And that we all belong to cults, which are groups of people who have shared language and shared meaning. Anyway, it's a really fascinating book that I highly recommend. So um, cult is not necessarily a negative thing. We think of Jonestown and, you know, but that's, that's not the definition of a cult. So let's see here. Any other questions? Okay, this is a good one. How do I avoid burnout when work life gets crazy? All right, couple of strategies. Cut something out. What can you cut out? Lower your expectations and build in more support. Those are three options, okay? Build in more support. When life gets crazy, radical self-care. Radical self-care. All right, we'll do a few more questions. Let's see. We're going to do a musical number. I'm going to do a musical number at the end. <laughs> and I've got to be honest, I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> um, okay, here's a really good one. I love talking about this. Um, how do I divide up the mental load of being a parent with my partner? Put him in charge of certain schedules or planning. I highly recommend the book Fair Play by Eve Rodsky. It is a system of dividing up chores. And she talks about CPEs, which is conception, planning, and execution. Okay? And you, if you take the card, so there's also cards that, that you can buy, or you can download them and print them out. But if you hold the card, you are responsible for the conception, planning, and execution. So, so many partners, particularly male partners, think that just the execution is doing, doing their share. No, that's one piece of the three parts of each job. So that is a really great, great resource. Also, I have a course called Creating Partnership Families. So that is another great resource. Personally, in my marriage, we kind of are over spheres in the family life. So it's in general areas. So um, my husband is over food. He's generally over food. He gets, does the shopping. He knows what we have in the fridge. He, uh, we keep the list of what we're going to get at Costco, and he goes to Costco. Anyway, so... He's over that. I'm over decorating. I kind of take the lead in that. He tends to take the lead in yard, but I do a lot in that. So we kind of have take the lead, but support each other in different spheres. So, you know, there's lots of different ways to do it. Okay. Um, yes, I'll repeat the author and the book. It's Eve Rodsky, and it's called Fair Play. Let's see if there are any more questions. 
Okay. Um, there is a question that was submitted earlier that I, I want to find. Okay. It was something about, um, does my husband have the right to be upset because I've gained weight? So the answer to that is yes. He has the right to feel how he feels. And you have the right to feel how you feel about him being upset. So he gets to have his feelings. You get to have your feelings. And him being upset is going to impact you, right? Like who wants to, you know, be close to somebody who's upset with them for gaining weight? You know, really? I mean, so it's okay if you're, you have feelings about his feelings, I think you might want to go to couples therapy and unpack this. There might be something going on more than just you've gained weight. Uh, we have a totally unrealistic expectation of women's bodies, especially after having babies. And so um, it might be helpful for someone to tell him, like, you need to wake up and, and grow up. Okay, the assertiveness guide for women changed my life. So good. Oh, I'm so glad. Wonderful. Um, okay, let's look here. Okay, should we uh should we do should we do some music? Let me know if you want a little musical performance to wrap up our time together. Post a comment. Yay, thumbs up, thumbs down. So my musical name uh that I've I've used is Julie Diazavedo. So Dr. Julie Hanks is also Julie Diazavedo. Um, so I've been an inspirational singer-songwriter for 30 plus years. And um, I've had, you know, lots of I've had two careers and a family. So it looks like so far, yes, music, yes, music. Okay. Here we go. I'm gonna move into the other other room by the piano. All right, so let me think. <laughs> I'm all nervous. <laughs> I have not been in this role for a little while. Um, okay, I'm gonna do this song I wrote for my uh, my daughter who went through a really difficult time as a teenager and decided that she didn't want to be a member of the church and she didn't believe it. And so I wrote this song for her. It's called, You Can't Lose My Love. You can, you can lose your car keys for the hundredth time. Lose your privileges. Lose your peace.
rough spot there, but we got through it. Um, thank you. I have tears. Oh, your heart is so good, Julie. Thank you. Beautiful singing voice. Oh, thank you. You're an amazing mom. I wish I had this kind of support when I had my own faith crisis with the church. Makes me cry. It was a journey. It was a journey. And, and writing this song for my daughter was, um, a gift that I wanted to give to her. So she knew that nothing she could ever do would, would take my love away for, for her. So, um, oh, let's see. I'm getting all emotional. This is a song about my longing for Heavenly Mother.
you. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Thank you for your awesome questions. I love doing Q&As. That's what my podcast is all about, is talking to you and, and hopefully providing perspective and insight that is helpful on your journey of family and, and faith. So I just want to tell you how much I appreciate all of you for your support with the podcast and here for following me on social media. Uh, Thank you. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a podcast helping real women seek solutions to life's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Julie Hanks and at drjuliehanks.com where you'll find information about virtual groups, coaching, and online courses. For therapy services in Utah, visit wasatchfamilytherapy.com. thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.